Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniatures gaming podcast. All right. Well, that felt like a short introduction, so maybe this will be a short podcast. But I was just thinking, you know how mm-hmm. in the days before technology, like, because we drove mm-hmm. in the days before GPS and that, that you could just go driving. Yeah. You'd go drive in the wrong direction. And you'd be like, mm-hmm. hmm, I really don't know where I am. Should I turn around <laughs> and go back? Should I keep going forward? It's like you might have one of those paper fold-out map things in your car that could possibly uh-huh. get you back on track. Yeah. But like the question always was, should you just keep pressing ahead? Because maybe that would get you closer to the right direction or closer to something to orient yourself from. Or should you just turn around and try and retrace your steps? Like yeah. I'm not sure kids can appreciate that. And I think we've almost lost that art of having to deal with that sort of thing. So, like, I do feel because of the technology, which has made things, uh, made the ability to not plan be more, uh, in general, it's more optimized to plan less than it used to be, right? Like you're saying Mm -hmm. before, if you go on a trip, and I I just went on a a long trip with my family, right? Uh, I didn't look at maps at all. That's we literally we jumped into the. You could just keep walking around in a circle and get back. Before the cruise ah, ship, okay. we, we drove to the okay. cruise ship. So when we jumped into the car, we literally just like we have the address. You just punch it into your GPS, right? And you go. So the entire idea, and that is actually the optimized way. If you spent like a day before that reading the maps so that you knew exactly the roads, like memorize that, that's a way big waste of time. Or you had so to call the, the tour company and figure out where to park and everything else by calling them. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of optimization, while it's good in some ways, um, it does give us the, or it does mean that most of us have don't have the experience on how to plan things, how to make sure that things, you know, like stick to the route, because we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And it's fine when you're talking about driving, right? This is a well-known problem that's with a well-known solution, right? GPS, unless, of course, you know, your GPS fails or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're kind of in trouble. But uh, but then you have your cell phone to call for some someone for help. However, to call, to call someone who has the internet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Use the internet, of course. If you don't have the internet, then you call someone for help. So, however, there are certain things where planning is actually still very very important, and yet people don't have the general skills because we don't use them in our day to day lives, right? For, for things like, for example, driving to an unknown place. And one of those is uh, when you set up a miniature gaming campaign. Oh, so this will be about miniatures. Okay, that's good. Yes, yes. So our topic today is how do you plan out a campaign, a miniature gaming campaign, so that it actually survives? How, how to keep it going? Yes. Well, okay. I think part of it is, well, you know, the entire thing. So I think this is the last thing I wrote down, but possibly the most important, is picking the right players for the campaign. And that like, is true. And even based on that, just I think the players influence the length of campaign you want to go for too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is something that I, I feel like uh, is way more important than than we see at first. And this is one of those things that can also 
basically prevent you from even getting a campaign off the ground. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people these days, you know, you won't, you're, you have a group of friends that you, let's say you play miniature games with. Well, the normal miniature games that people play are one-off games, right? So just because you, you have a solid group of friends who love playing miniatures does not mean you have a solid group of friends that want to play a campaign. Yeah, because the people you're friends with might be the people who are all like the magpies into the new shiny and every week they want something new on the table. Like they always, they want to switch armies like as fast as possible. They want to keep building like, they just want the the novelty factor there all the time. And campaigns, sort of by their nature, are pushing the opposite direction of that. So. Yep. But it doesn't even mean like even if you have someone who's consistent and wants to stick with something for a long period of time, you might not even get them to be able. They might not be even the perfect campaign players either. Because they might already be enfranchised in a different way to play. Yeah, like there's different, like there's entirely different types of campaigns out there. Like you may have a group of people who like playing, like say Infinity or Frostgrave. That's more just like mm-hmm. about all about the battle when you get to the board. But then maybe you're thinking of doing a campaign for a dungeon crawler, and that might not be their or, sort of. Hmm? Yep. Yeah, or if they're, you know, the, some of the most dedicated players are who play like all the time and who who you might see at the game store all the time and talk to um might be so enfranchised with a competitive game that they don't want to play a campaign game because campaign games are narrative and they're specific to a thing like we tried uh to play some infinity campaigns and it just didn't work because a lot of the draw of infinity or for example 40k or even games outside of miniatures like magic or something like that is the competitive nature right i was thinking of war machine i should have said war machine it's like the ultimate miniature competitive game right people who play that game even though a lot of those games have campaign ways to play want to play the competitive thing because the fun the reason why they're so enfranchised or part of the reason why is because they get to improve on their skill level they like that like building an army list and playing that which is not generally what you get with a campaign right no very different ways to play yeah the campaign is basically developing a story for your army versus like testing out your skill in army building tactics everything else Mm -hmm. so yeah you gotta mm -hmm. You've got to have people who enjoy that aspect of the game. And then even yeah. beyond that, you've got to pick the right type of game for them that they're going to enjoy that in. Because like, if That's right. the group you're part of might be war gamers, it might not be. Like You might be part of a D&D yeah. group that wants to do sort of a, a campaign, which D&D by its nature is campaign usually, not just one-offs. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so you know, you got to make sure you're you're tailoring to your group and also it's one of those things where it's you know it's very that's i think that's partly why campaigns are almost like the hardest hardest miniature gaming kind of way to play to get off the off the ground like getting a group i think we've talked about this before about building a community right where a lot of those things are gonna overlap with uh you know creating a campaign uh, and getting it to stay alive um, is, you know, you got to show up consistently, right? But, every, everybody to show up consistently. Like you need the whole group to show up consistently. Whereas if you're playing just the pickup yeah. games, somebody doesn't show up one week, somebody doesn't show up another week. It's all good. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the hardest things um, to 
be able to choose those people that are going to work for you. Like, how, how do you feel? I, I think for us, you know, we've got as we've gotten older, we kind of and we've tried a whole bunch of, of campaigns to try to get them off the ground. Um, how do you feel like we've been able to do it when we have succeeded? Do you think we just like how did we choose to find the people? Is it just like constantly try and then you kind of figure out over over time who is willing to and who wants to do the campaign and who is someone who they might say yes, but oftentimes the re- the reason why they're saying yes is just because they're nice guys and they don't want to say no. Uh, I, I'm slightly worried. It mostly just revolves around what's the new hotness. Like when mm-hmm. like usually when we started something, there's something novel about it. It's just come out and there's like a built up demand in the community to play that particular game and mm-hmm. so people just see this everybody's at the same starting point and they all want to jump in like there's that bit of fomo there because they see everybody else jumping in at this obvious like starting point so yeah. that's when i see these campaigns actually us actually getting major uptake in a whole bunch of players who sort of mm-hmm. come and go from the store all joining into one thing but do you but I, I don't know i feel like because it's the new hotness the problem is that like a lot of people want to jump on but they don't yep. necessarily stay and mm-hmm. this is actually one of the things i've dropped out of campaigns before right like maybe not campaigns but like leagues and things like that right and so like there was a kill team league that i joined basically it fell apart right mm-hmm. and i think there's a bunch of uh, of issues but like uh, beyond just you know getting a solid group but uh, yeah, I don't know about how you're supposed to maintain that kind of fervor, uh, or sorry, not maintain that kind of fervor. That's we'll get to that. I don't know how you're gonna choose the people who will maintain that fervor in their hearts. Like, how do you how do you judge them? Do you just cast a wide net and then just expect it to get whittled down to the people who will stick with it? Yeah, because you never want to go kick the people out being like, oh, I don't, I don't think you, you. Can. <laughs> make the cut <laughs> prejudge uh-huh. uh, i think uh unfortunately that whenever i've i've noticed that anyone who sticks with the campaign they wear running shoes and graphic tees but unfortunately you're wearing dress shoes and a polo shirt i don't think you'll stick with it yep. so therefore you're not allowed mm-hmm. i'm sure we could do these surveys but <laughs> it's not like we we're willing to use the results let's say we're not gonna, oh we're not yeah you gotta run it through an algorithm right and then let the algorithm be prejudiced for you so it's like listen i didn't do it the algorithm said that you don't match the profile yeah we're, we're just following the science <laughs> yes <Yeah>, so, <laughs> of the five people that <laughs> that we decided are 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 paragons of people who play campaigns mm-hmm. um so yeah, so I guess for me, I guess when I think about it, um, that's honestly kind of what I think makes the most sense. Like especially if you are new to it, right? Hopefully you have one friend at least or two friends who are really a solid group to get into the game, right? But before you even start playing, you do I think need to double check and almost triple check if these people are willing to stick it out right like you can't just be like hey guys let's play a campaign everyone says yay it's new i love it let's try it and almost assuredly that thing is not going to last right like you said before right a lot of that is just new hotness even if it's not a new campaign system if you've raised it up new it feels new to them and so often people will say yes they might even like 
truly think that they're going to be into it. But if they're not really actually into it, mm-hmm. right? If they're just experimenting and thinking about experimenting as as opposed to truly wanting to play through that campaign, um, come back a month later, right? And see if they still want to play, right? I don't think you should be starting it one week after. I think like the planning up to the campaign requires a kind of commitment that you need to be able to give yourself a large lead time before you even start. And that in and of itself helps um, weed people out a bit. Yeah, I think a big part of campaigns and making sure they keep going is also just having everybody know what's going on and keeping having everybody on the same page. Yeah. Which either requires one person leading it or people being pretty coordinated to come up with, A, like you were talking about before, people jump in, but they don't really know what they're getting into. And even when you uh-huh. keep things going, if people don't really know what's going on, they'll lose their commitment to it. Like they won't be planning for the next week because they're like, I have no idea what's happening yeah. next week. They don't bother booking the time off because they don't know what mission it is. They don't know what they should be building for it. Like if they, if there's not some sort of like everyone isn't on the same page about what's going to happen, then people yeah. drop off really quickly. Yeah, I feel like one of the things that might that often helps is also, like you said, choosing the right game for the people. If no one has played the game before and you're jumping straight into a campaign, people don't even know if they like the game. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a recipe for failure. You kind of want to try out the game a little bit to make sure that it's the kind of game that at least you and that one person are willing to stick with, right? Because you might be gung-ho, but you might learn, oh my god, I don't like this game at all, the way it plays. Which has happened to us, or me at least. Yeah, so that actually reminds me of what we've done for Frostgrave a lot of times, is before we go into Uh a big campaign, we do, like, especially when a new edition comes out of that, we Uh do a couple weeks before the actual campaign starts of just, like, pick up games and throw away away rosters or teams or whatever you want to call them, so that the people who come to those can get an experience for the game and then not feel like if they screw up those first games, it's fine. They haven't screwed up the remainder of their campaign if yeah. and you don't feel like oh okay these aren't even like if you play with some people they don't come back you're like oh well they weren't ever really part of the main campaign either less people get a taste for the campaign plus they don't they feel like they can slowly build up the stuff the models they want to bring for the campaign yeah. rather than being like oh my gosh i have to finish this in like two weeks it's like okay i can yeah. bring something i don't like and then in the couple weeks until the real campaign starts they can build what they're really thinking of so yeah and then you could you, you can allow these people who have never played the game a bit of mm-hmm. room to experiment to see if they actually even like the game. And then if they like it, then when you actually start the campaign, they'll be a lot more gung-ho and you're, you're basically filtering out to the people who actually want to play it as opposed to the people that are just, you know, experimenting with something new, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing if they like it. So I think this is like, like, like again, we, we said, like this is just being building your your your, your group is even before you start, is so important, right? Getting mm-hmm. those people who are willing to stick it out and who, who understand the parameters of, like, what the game is, how long it'll be, the kind of commitment that you're committing to, right? So. Yeah, so part of that, I guess, once you've... Maybe in those introductory games, you can, like, uh-huh. gauge what the people are looking for. Like, you might not say exactly how long the campaign's going to go for, right when you suggest it's going to start like say you're going to do those exhibition games and then maybe gauge from those people like how long they're interested in the campaign going on for because yeah you really do want to tell people before they go into the campaign like is this a three 
three-game campaign? Is this a one-year campaign? Like, what do they yeah. tell people what they're signing up for so they can all, yeah. again, be on the same page about it? Yep, so totally, yeah. So these are all the kind of things that go into building a solid group. I think one of the other things is that if you're getting, okay, if, if you are a bunch of good friends, right, you can go straight up and say, like, you know, it's good to, t- to tell them, be like, I really am into this campaign, right? Like, I really like it if you, you know, are if you commit before we start to playing it out, right? Just give them, to make them understand that, you know, you want to play through the campaign, right? And if they're good friends, that's something, that's not crazy thing to ask from your friend to say, like, please stick it out all the way through. I know, you know, everyone knows things come up and down, but please, you know, it's a, if it's important to you, you know, try to make it a, try to tell your, your friends that this is a priority, right? Obviously, I can't, you know, there's certain things that obviously take, take, take uh, precedence, but like, make them understand that this campaign uh, is more important than just going out on a Friday night to go drinking because you wanted to, right? Like, you can't just cancel it because you decided that, you know, you want to go and, I don't know, get drunk somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So Or play uh, video games all night. Some new, or play video games all night. Right? Like, that to dropped. you is, should not be higher, right? And for you, if you think that... Uh, you know, blowing off your campaign to go, you know, play video games all night or uh, go drinking or whatever. Like, if that is higher priority than your campaign, there's a good chance you're not going to survive your campaign either, right? Like, you have to bring it to a thing where you can schedule it uh, so that it is the priority of the day you scheduled it. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you have to prioritize it over, let's say, your 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 life or your exercise or your, your kid's baseball game or something like that, right? But it also means that when you're starting out, you need to schedule the time, like how often you play so that it's manageable for everyone's lives, right? So that they can plan ahead. They can sit those things in, right? Yes. Yes, the time, like, is some time that people would actually have free and the frequencies fits into their schedule yeah and i think there's a couple of things with with that and we'll, we'll get into that i guess the one last thing for the group uh before we get into general planning of consist of of how often you want to have your campaign to make sure that it works um my last thing for the group is it sometimes pays to have more people like especially if you're getting strangers or or, or let's say acquaintances to play in the campaign um, to have a larger group than the campaign actually needs to conclude, right? If you have four people and your campaign needs four people to end with, those guys better be your best friends so that, you know, you can you can actually finish, right? If you yep. have four strangers there's space, and you need four players to, to play it, there's, there's almost no way you're going to finish, right? No. And that doesn't mean that you can't start the campaign and have fun, but just realize there's like a very, very low chance you're going to finish that campaign, right? Just understand that every single game that you end up playing in that campaign is precious because mm-hmm. you're not going to you're not gonna play the last mission of that campaign, almost assuredly. So it's yeah. good, to like, if you need four players and if, if, the, if the campaign needs four players to end uh, satisfactorily, try to get more, six, eight, something like that, so that hopefully when the, you know, the numbers dwindle down, and you get to the people, only the people who are really into it, you still have four people to be able to complete it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I think another thing about just keeping people from dropping off week to week mm-hmm. is the same thing, like, along the same lines of playing the length of the campaign is having a way that people will know, like, what the next mission even is. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the, what we found with Necromunda is, like, we don't even know what mission we're playing next week. Something random is going to happen. We're going to show up, which is kind of fun in one way, but also kind of mm-hmm. a nuisance in another because you have no idea what you're – like, campaigns about building towards something. You're like, okay, yeah. what, what miniatures should I build or terrain should I build to bring next yeah. week? I don't – if you don't know, you're not going to do that. If, like yeah. – and just the same thing. Like, if yeah. there's no mission to like look for forward us, to, like, you're not looking yeah. forward to anything, like, oh, we're going to play this mission next week. Okay, we, we're looking forward to this. Like, you might not have to know it a month in advance, but maybe, like, mm-hmm. the week after a game finishes, have a mm-hmm. way of deciding, like, whether the game has a predetermined path, like a dungeon crawler, whether you roll mm-hmm. up a mission the week after, whether it's like we're doing in Frostgrave, where you're playing through a mm-hmm. series of missions in a book that has its preset so everybody knows. Like, there's got to be that way yeah. to tell people like what they're looking forward to. Yeah, I think that that it really helps to, I guess, also incentivize people, right? Uh, while you're playing through the mission. So let's so you started right, and then you you know having those like every mission before uh, known kind of helps incentivize people to work on it and look forward to the next time. I think yeah. you mentioned our Necromunda campaign, which is at this point I feel like dead. Um, ill-fated. I think mm-hmm. there was like a lot of issues, but what, that is definitely one of those issues that I feel like people weren't looking forward to the next game. Yeah, and they didn't I, see see forward and, and were like, okay, what are we going to do for the next thing, right? Yeah, I just realized that talking about this topic, like all those campaigns that go fairly well, you know what's about to happen. But just yeah. the basis of how Necromunda works, you don't really know what's going on the next session. Yeah. And we're not running our Frostgrave campaign. There's another guy who's really, really good uh, who's doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does definitely give us, like, you know... Well, we're playing, like you said, we're playing through set set uh, missions. But he also encourages us and, and tells us, well, this is the next one. Remember to bring this, right? Because every single kind of mission in Frostgrave has a little something that you can build or bring to help make the games work right like you said terrain or specific monsters that show up and that kind of keeps the game in your head while you're going through and i think that's one thing that is kind of important and it's also the same thing with communities right like a campaign is like an even more tight kind of community event right and that in and of itself even though you could even though it seems like you know you already got people's Uh, buy-in by the fact that they join the campaign marketing always helps right and so in between your different campaign dates right like whether you play it once a week or whether you play it once a month um having like having a either on facebook or your discord or wherever you talk about things like posting stuff about the upcoming mission helps keep people invested, right? It's just like anything. And technically, this is true for any kind of event you want to bring, right? Yeah. Every time you want to keep people invested, you got to, like, say, you know, show your enthusiasm, and enthusiasm is infectious, right? So assuming you're not playing a really crappy game, like, even if you are playing a really crappy game, if you are always posting cool miniatures that you need for the game or cool stuff that you did for it, it it excites people to come and see it and, and... and and plan for the next one and like we said for frostgrave uh although uh the guy who's leading it um he himself builds a lot of stuff for each mission like just the fact that he says 
encourages us to build things for it, helps us get invested. He doesn't even have to build all the terrain for these kind of, you know, these events to help kind of yep. keep things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually we're building stuff like the night before, down to the night before to bring. Yeah. Yep. And so I think one of the things that when you look at it, like I guess we've mentioned a couple of times, is how often do you think uh, a campaign should be spaced? Um, and it, of course it's different, but like, do you have a general idea of what works and what doesn't? So I think once a month is like a minimum. Otherwise, people just completely forget about it, and it goes on for way too long. Pardon? Yeah. yeah, and the people tune out and just yeah it disappears. Yeah, if the campaign is going to be short and like they're your closer friends and you want to see them all the time, so you're like, oh yeah, I'm fine with meeting up every week. And if the games are shorter, so you can like do a couple in one day. Yeah, maybe you just have it be for like six weeks and you do it like every other week and do two games in one day and just like get 12 games in get it in in six weeks just say every other week we're going to do this and everybody can put it in the calendar but there's i think those are the two main ways of doing it but it depends on the group like if your group's not as tight it has to be regular though it has to be in a tempo Mm -hmm. that everyone can understand so like one week every week is good Every two weeks, it's not bad because, you know, you're on week, off week, on week, off week. It's easy for people to plan. Once a month, let's say the first Thursday of the month, is very easy for people to remember, which also helps, right? But if it's every three weeks, that just becomes impossible for people to keep track of or, yeah. or, or whatever. And every week, uh, if you're not close friends, it's just too much, usually. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is uh, kind of an issue with our Necromunda campaign. We had one guy who's like, so we had three guys who are from the who play at the local store, and then one guy who did not. And the issue is scheduling the with the one guy who did that's not around here is a little bit harder for one of our our players that that joined the campaign because uh, he doesn't have a car, right? So it just became a harder kind of lift to to get people to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's definitely, you know, just making sure that you can have those dates that are regular that you can constantly play is important. Also, the other problem is that Necromunda sucks as a game. I'm talking about the new one, not the old one. But that's that's not well, the other there. Let's well, just, no, just throw it in can, there. I think we can talk about games themselves if you want to move on from, right. from that area. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, schedule once, twice a month seems good depending on who you are and, and where you do. Oh, one last thing about that. Um, another way that I think that I haven't done, but I really want to do is having a mini convention weekend, but just for you and your friends where mm-hmm. you guys all decide we're going to, let's say you want to play a Frostgrave thing. You got, you guys all get together and you're like, okay, this weekend we're going to finish six games or something like that, or, or right. Or eight games or 10 games. And then you all go over and you like literally play every day the whole day to, to, to finish that. Now that generally you need to be younger to do that, or you need to be super dedicated, or you need to go to a cottage or something where you know everyone you can just, to kind of do that. Or you that. can just collapse in a bed next to you. Everyone can just <laughs> collapse if they need to. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And then they get up and then they keep on playing. I did like I had a coworker who had um who had the same kind of like he basically had his own convention day where he invited all of his friends over to his house. And just board games, though. And they, like, literally played the entire weekend. It was like a mini convention. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if we have big enough places to do that. But the idea of that is pretty awesome. And I would love to do that sometime. 
Yeah, like we have a local wargaming convention, which I'm not sure if it's going to run this week, that was held at a hotel, but no one really uh-huh. wanted to stay at the hotel. The thing is, you could turn the convention, if you talk to the organizers, into a thing where you play tons of game in one weekend and then invite people from outside of your group to join in too. Yeah. I don't know. To me, though, like if you if you have a house and you're able to invite, let's say, just you know, your 10 guys from your game, let's say you all play, I don't know, 40K like having a mini campaign where or, or tournament or, or blood bowl let's say blood bowl is even better right you have a full tournament right eight person tournament whatever or four person tournament whatever over the weekend would be super fun so you play round robin then you play semi and then finals that would be amazing mm-hmm. so yeah uh i guess that is generally how you how we we think about spacing them uh so how about the next thing the game the itself game how do you choose the actual game make sure it doesn't suck number one the issue with necromunda is i played it one off and it seemed fine but that campaign was way worse and there were yeah. so many things that didn't work when when you started playing it like the the intro games that we played like i played it we played it a lot more simple and things seem to work, seem to make sense, and seem to be okay. But the actual Necromunda campaign, like when we started playing it, you know, it, it just did not work at all. There were so many rules that didn't work. We also played a mission block that was untested. And so there was, we had to make up, like, rules to make sure that it worked. And yeah. then when you go onto Necromunda forums, uh, and ask about how, what's up with this rule. Everyone just recommends that you house rule tons of rules because they just don't work out of the box. And I'm like, why am I? Pl- I don't want to have to play test this game before I can play it. No, I don't want to go to a forum to figure out like <laughs> and jointly with what's your whole the best group? house rule to make this game and you have kind to, of work. All your players have to agree on house rules for the game to be playable. Yeah, that's that's when the game's not good. So you got to really like the game. Yeah, everybody has now, to. The, the crazy thing is the setting is really good, mm-hmm. right? The setting I think kind of is what dragged us all in, and they also they also had these pretty new minis, which definitely helped, right? Those were on like on point. That's what got our group to go. Let's say let's go try this game. This is awesome. Look at these models, right? This is fun. Then we started playing the campaign, and just there were so many warts. It just it felt like a slog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even though I was so gung ho to play, it's very disappointing. Yeah, so that, that's even the mechanics parts. So as part of the campaign thing, like because you're playing more than one game, and uh-huh. your guys live, your guys die, your guys get upgrades in campaigns. Mm-hmm. If people start falling really far behind and there's no good catch up mechanics, like yeah. they don't have to be straight up points. They can be things that happen in the game or whatever fluffy way. Mm-hmm. The game takes care of it. But if you have some clear winners early in the campaign and some people who are clearly going to lose their games because their their army, their gang is just way less powerful than their opponents, you've killed the incentive for those people to show up. And you've killed, like, the whole guessing, like, who's going to win this thing. So, like, the game has to have a good mechanic for that. Yeah, so I guess there's two ways that the, the player that's ahead could either, A quickly win the campaign so that you can start again which is totally Mm -hmm. fine right there's certain campaigns it's like well if you just suddenly are ahead of everyone maybe you just win very quickly right and that's it right and that's fine 
Uh, or the other way is uh, you need decent catch-up mechanics. This is one of those things where, like, the new Necromunda has terrible catch-up mechanics. But the old Necromunda... What? Catch-up mechanics? No, it has get had more mechanics. <laughs> you take their territories, yeah, then you get more stuff. Like Yes. The and then there was a rule where, like, you get, you get, like, up to plus three on a single die roll. But you it's so random. It's on 2d6. So literally... Even with a plus three, you could, on this die roll, you could still get worse than the guy that's winning, even when you're f- super far behind. Yep. What a terror. Like, it was just not well thought out. And it's crazy because the initial Necromunda had much better catch-up mechanics, right? Much better, well thought out ways to get ahead. There was another game that we were looking at that where the head did that had better catch that we we weren't sure about the catch-up mechanics and they kind of made sense after a while. Do you remember that game? Can't remember it now. It wasn't Blood Bowl. It was another one. Was it Blood Bowl? Blood Bowl, you get. Blood Bowl extra- also has decent catch-up. Well, <laughs> Blood Bowl is a little bit different because uh, I guess there's not there is some catch-up mechanics where you get like extra rolls on on you actually just get extra money to to buy players to help you. For that game. Yeah, yeah. You get ringers for that game if you're behind. Yeah, <laughs> if you're behind. And then, unfortunately, people just play it so that you you just try to play from behind so you can get these ringers to make your team better. And I'm just like, this is stupid. Hmm. But in any case, um, yeah, so, you know, like, make sure your game is able, is like, actually has a good campaign system. If it doesn't, like, it, the game could quickly fall apart. Yeah, because some games are built as just war games with a campaign system tacked on, and you've got to yeah. be more worried about those. But yeah. you can always hit a game like Necromunda, which is a campaign game, and it can break down quickly too. Yeah, or Necromunda 2017. I'm pretty sure the original Necromunda is a good game. I haven't played it yet. I did read the rules, and maybe I'm just like, what do you call it? Uh, I'm just in copium because I painted up these models and made all this terrain for Necromunda, and then I realized Necromunda sucks as a game. And so I have now this copium, and I'm like, I hope the original Necromunda is good. Because mm-hmm. I hope to one day play the original Necromunda game, which I'm pretty sure is better. But I could be wrong, but, you know. Yeah, I didn't see that on forums. I just saw people telling you how you could make your army more broken for your particular gang. For the new Necromunda? Yep. Just the old Necromunda basically just looks like a good game. We should we we gotta play it if if we're never gonna go back to this new Necromunda to actually at least finish the halfway. We should try to restart, re, redo the group, get it get a couple more people in, um, and play the original Necromunda. I'm pretty sure it's a better game. And that, I guess this is our fault for like not truly realizing what the Necromunda was as a game. Mm-hmm. We also kind of bought into a bunch of GW supplements. Instead of playing the the base game, which I thought we played more of when we started, right? Like, I, I, at least for me, I played a lot of campaign games, which did not have these new, like, codexes for Necromunda. And I'm pretty sure the game is better without those codexes. I'm pretty sure those codexes are giant wastes of money that have been untested and were just money grabs. I feel like the base, even if you play the base Necromunda, which is also not very balanced because there's a lot of issues that came up, I feel like it's still a better game if you play the base stuff as opposed to all of this new crap that you got in their giant codexes. Yeah, it could very well be. It's often how GW works. Yeah. 
And so we kind of made a mistake there. And this is one of those things. If you're going to play a campaign, read through the entire thing. Make sure that it makes sense to you at least, right? Make sure it at least pass the sniff test before you decide to, like, throw in a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, or like, For example, for Frostgrave, even though I love Frostgrave, I think it's amazing. It's a great campaign system, right? There is one thing that I think is kind of terrible that is um, that is semi-real, semi-like, consistent is that uh there there's these captain rules that you can use for a special captain which is a guy like a soldier who gains experience right Mm -hmm. and in my opinion the game is about wizards and this captain actually dilutes the game and makes the game worse like he's he has all these special abilities so that as he gains levels he becomes slightly better than you know a uh specialist Mm -hmm. but he has adds so much complexity and so much so much unneeded complexity for what you get out of him. And then on top of that, he uh, it just adds extra time to your, your gameplay, right? When people are trying to play with their captain and figure out what next they want to do, right? It just does not work. And so I would prefer us just to say you can't use captains. but Yep, you can make lots of house rules for your campaign if you know what makes the game better or worse. Yep, that's true. But you got to know first. So you can so also. Do you want to name a couple of good and bad campaigns that we talked about, like games, right? Which ones you'd recommend? I don't play them that often, so I can't. I'm not. Okay, I'll much. Then I, I know. For, I know Frostgrave is good. That's all I know. Yeah, Frostgrave is great. It's simple. It's easy to do. You got those kind of, of of fun things at the end where you roll for treasure, which keeps the game rolling. And there's these literal like most of the supplements for Frostgrave are campaign books. Mm-hmm. right and they're great and they're super fun right you play through them and i have way more campaign books than i've actually played through which is kind of crazy but like Frostgrave is great um i think it is it's just the right amount of of things setting set up for uh and and i guess it lays the right amount of track for 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 playing without getting it too complicated right enough to get people to play and, and kind of consistently play through without so much that you become overwhelmed right and it also allows people to go in and out of the campaign so even if you miss a week of a campaign you can still continue to play because the missions are just steady right mm-hmm. even though they tell an overall narrative um i've heard from the so gw in- side the gloomhaven and blackstone fortress are actually a bit better but gloomhaven is not gw it's, it's a board game slash uh, card game. Okay. Gloomhaven is what many people say is the best dungeon crawler board game ever. Hmm. A lot of people think it's their number one board game. Like because it's I think we talked about it before. It's just like a kind of like an RPG kind of board game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um there's Gloomhaven, I guess. Uh another good one, Stargrave also is pretty good. Um, but that's literally has the same kind of campaign system as Frostgrave. Um, Battle for Middle Earth, I actually find that campaign system pretty fun. Uh, it's it's a little bit more abstract, right, as you build up the warband, but it, it works out pretty well. So those are a couple. Oh, and Rangers of Shadowdeep is quite good as well. It's just, that's a co-op slash single player uh, campaign system. Um I hope Necromunda, the original version, is good. I haven't played that. Uh, in terms of the ones that we played that I, I think are kind of terrible, uh, two was Necromunda, the new one, which is terrible campaign system. 
Um, I'm surprised that it has so much traction, honestly, because it's kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one that we found that was terrible is the Infinity campaign system was yeah, so the, bad. Yeah, there's one book that puts out the campaign system, but I think they stopped pushing it because they realized it didn't work out so well. Yeah, again, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how playtested it was, honestly. It was just not well thought out. And I think that's one of the issues that with a lot of these these games that do well and the, the ones that do not, a lot of the ones that didn't do well just felt like they were not playtested at all. And then the ones that, that, that went a little bit better seemed like people put the effort to actually play through campaigns and see what worked and what didn't. Um, yeah. yeah. So we've both played Gaslands. What do you think about their oh, campaign system? Oh, Gaslands is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it's fun. It's a little bit simple. Uh, it's not. It's not amazing, but it's fine. I think. Oh, mm-hmm. also Blood Bowl. I guess. Blood Bowl, like it. Blood Bowl's campaign system writes. I I can't say it writes itself because. Some people probably write bad sports campaign systems, right? But like sports league, like. The campaign for a sports league writes itself, right? Especially for football, right? Where American mm-hmm. football, where, you know, people get skills and then people get injured. Like that just follows. You just got to follow how a normal sports league works and then you're go- you, you're going to make a great campaign, right? So. Yep. And because it's sports, people are a little bit more okay with people getting bad, basically destroyed, <laughs> So that they're doing mm-hmm. terribly at the end of the campaign, right? So like that's it's a little bit more forgivable in a sports game than like another miniatures game because basically of setting expectations. When you play sports, it's very common for a team to just get like injured so much that they have no chance, right, at the end of the league, mm-hmm. right? But at and least so game to are, game, they have a catch-up mechanic. So maybe your team yes. sucks and you're a loser at the end, but game to game, you could still you know have fun. So they've got yeah. Decent mechanics so they do have a decent way. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and but again, the setting allows people to be more okay with constant like starting out uh being underdogs and ending underdogs, right? Or mm-hmm. starting out being great and then having catastrophic injuries and suddenly becoming underdogs for the rest of the, the, the tournament, right? People just feel like that makes more sense because it's sports. Yeah, and even in the rule book, they're like, Yeah, this is a tier A team and this is a tier yes. C team. here's what you're getting yeah exactly so it kind of encourages that so that that works quite well that kind of is like the opposite of all a lot of the other games we talked about right it just leans into the inequality inequality the Mm -hmm. the the imbalance imbalance of different teams yeah uh yeah so i think that's a bunch of different games that we've mentioned um of course there's a bunch more but yep uh do you want to go on to the next thing i don't what do you consider that to be uh do you have any other ones because i got one to wrap it up with nope okay so we basically talked about you know planning so important building that group uh then making sure you have uh consistent time uh like time uh, scale for playing right so that you, you have a consistency of when you play it so that people actually have it always on their mind then always having content basically like pushing out basically content to make sure people stay engaged then you also have to choose the right game right and sometimes there are just some some games you know that just are terrible so just avoid those if you want to play campaign um but even if you do all of that right uh sometimes it's important to know when you should walk away Mm -hmm. so um 
I think this is <laughs> I think if you listen to this podcast, you kind of figure it out that like a lot of this went to keep campaign alive thing is because of Necromunda, because that was like a terrible experience. And that was our latest one. Yep. So. um, Yeah. So when do you, when should you walk away from my campaign system? So I think we talked about a whole bunch of things that make the game work mm-hmm. through this whole podcast. And basically, if you yeah. you really start failing at those things or you realize you failed at those then maybe it's time to, you know, wrap it up. Yeah, and I think I, that's basically it, right? Like, you will know because people are not showing up. You might have just you and your friend running a campaign and it's just becoming a little bit stale. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, maybe it was the right game, right? Maybe you didn't choose Necromunda. Maybe you chose Necrom- the original Necromunda and the game is doing great, but you just missed a lot of these other things, right? You chose it during, I don't know, a summer where one of your friends just had a kid or something like that. So they don't have time and they have to drop out, right? Like, sometimes you just realize the things didn't work out. You should just end the campaign as opposed to try to drag it along and make the remaining people have a terrible experience for the rest of the campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Just realize, you know, there's no shame in stopping campaign. And just because you stop that campaign doesn't mean that you can't retry six months or three months even a week maybe later down the road right whatever is good you probably want more than a week right but knowing that you know sometimes for whatever reason you just got to call the campaign over even though it didn't finish naturally and retry a little bit later maybe you have a different mix of people maybe you have a different game maybe you have all these different kind of things right but if you try it next time you can take the experiences of running your previous campaign and mm-hmm. improve on them. So your next campaign has a much higher chance of succeeding. Yeah, and if you've listened to your pod, this podcast, you can actually make sure you take into account all those things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, take the take take the learning experiences from us before you actually have to feel the pain of going through them. Mm-hmm. So don't play the new Necromunda. <laughs> yeah. You can do it if you enjoy it for some reason. If you really, Just, really for us, it was a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, yeah, hopefully with all that, you can uh, have a successful campaign with whatever you play. Yeah, because playing campaign is like, it's a break, even if you consider yourself like more of a tabletop war gamer. Mm-hmm. It's a fun way to take a break and still play what you like, but you know, introduce a little bit more story to it without going full D&D. Yes, it's, it's totally a great different way to play, and in many ways... In my opinion, it is the most rewarding way to play. More than winning a big tournament, in my opinion, is playing through an entire campaign. You just have so much more fun, so much more consistent fun. And even if you're playing with um, more strangers, by the end of the campaign, you know, you're know probably a lot better friends than you started out with, right? Because you're playing with the same consistent people. Or maybe you're now enemies. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Depending on who you play with. Um, you know, and, and make sure that you have that same kind of like go out and eat afterwards and you can commiserate, you know, maybe after their final battle, you guys, you know, play all day and then go for a giant dinner and drinks and stuff like that. Right. It just, you know, that kind of celebration that, that of, of finishing a giant story, it just feels so great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, uh, you can start a campaign and, and feel that experience and actually get to the very end. Yeah, and actually get the um, campaign right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have if you guys have uh, 
any questions about campaigns or, or thoughts or questions, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to help you make sure that, you know, your campaign succeeds. Uh, you can email us at contact at Dice Over Everything. Yeah, or find us on Facebook. We're Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Bye.